The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. You're with Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Oh, busy, busy, busy evening. Welcome aboard. It's four minutes power of 9 p.m. on, uh, what is it? <laughs> I really have to think. Tuesday night here on the East Coast of the United States. You know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malsberg Show on TNT. The uh, New Hampshire primary, um, just about over. Fox News, uh, among others, has proclaimed that Donald Trump has won the New Hampshire primary. No great surprise there right now with about 33, oh, about 32% of the vote counted. Donald Trump is approaching 54% and Nikki Haley is at 45%. So, you know, it's a, it's a significant win if it holds up this way. It's not a blowout. It's not 70-30 or something like that. And we'll get to the significance of that uh, a little bit later on. Uh, I'll give you my take, and we'll also talk to uh, our guests at the bottom of the hour. But let me uh, let me point out some things. Nikki Haley's already spoken. She's not giving. She's not giving up. She's not quitting. She's not leaving the race. She's in it, and she can't wait to get to. She said, in "My home state of South Carolina, which is the next. You have a couple of things in Vegas, but the next big primary is in about what are we? About three weeks away uh, from South Carolina." Now, there's a lot of speculation out there, which I'll get to, about why Nick Haley might be staying in this race. And it's significant. And, I'll, 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 and I kind of agree with why she may be staying in it. And I, I've said all along that, you know, there are plenty of people out there, but I wouldn't mind Nikki Haley. Even though I know she's an establishment Republican, even though I know she doesn't like Trump and vice versa, Politics makes strange bedfellows. Um, I think she would add the most gravitas to the ticket. And I think that the independents, a lot of independents registered before October, Democrats, you know, voting, they're voting for Haley here, uh, uh, according to the exit polls. And I think that independents are, are, are something that Donald Trump's going to need and is going to want. And if she could appeal and say, look, we both disagree with Trump on, on, on a bunch of things that she talks to a, an audience of independents or not strong Trump supporters, people wavering, people that don't like Trump. But they could say she could she could explain, look what we have now. Look what we have now. And I think it, I think it would be helpful with her foreign policy experience at the U.N., her experience as a governor. And I, I, I think that might be the reason I'm getting ahead of myself by saying already that might be the reason she's staying in because she knows if she could keep it to the center below she is not going to win any nomination but she makes self hard to ignore when it comes to unifying the party and bringing in and expanding the party to independents and even some democrats who absolutely don't want anything to do with joe biden and here's here's why Okay, here's why. Um, I have two polls that talk to people as they exited the, uh, the the New Hampshire primaries. First, we'll go. <clears throat> first, we'll go to Fox. What's the issues in order of importance on the minds of the voters at the New Hampshire primary today? Uh, Fox says it's 42 percent. Most important issue: immigration. That's even bigger than the economy to these people. Immigration, 
And they're not happy about it. That's not why it's important to them. They're fed up. They're disgusted. They're scared. I'm now seeing, was it in a suburb of Chicago? They're now voting in that suburb to, to let people bring illegals into the neighborhood, into their homes. Not for money, just out of the goodness of their heart. Now, look, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm not a heartless person. But who are you bringing into your home? More importantly, if you don't care, who are you bringing into next door to your neighbor who has kids or whatever? Who? Have they been vetted for illness? Have they been vetted for a criminal record? You know, I mean, this is really insane. Okay. And the Democrats want this to continue and continue. So anyway, immigration. Um, next comes, as you might expect, the economy, 31%, although I thought that would be higher. Uh, followed by um, uh, foreign relations at 8% and abortion, 5%. Now, keep that in mind as we go to the, oh, and one more, one more uh, bit of news from Fox. Um, on the economy, on the economy, how are you doing in, the, uh, in, in this economy? Well, uh, you have 69% who were saying that uh, they, 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 they're not doing great. They're not doing great. So of the people, who, whether they said economy number one or not, if they mention the economy, the question, how are you doing in this economy? And uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, a good number. Obviously, it's not a good number because the economy stinks. Now let's go to CNN. Their exit polls showed a, a slightly different order for issues on, uh, on your mind. First issue that won was the economy. <laughs> uh, 34% for the economy. And 31 for immigration. Fox had it 42 for immigration and 31 for the economy. You know, it's whatever, whatever. Uh, but it's interesting, is it not? Very, very interesting. Foreign policy, 17%. And even in the CNN poll, abortion, 11%. 6% in the Fox poll, 11% uh, as a main concern. Uh, what's on your mind as you go into the voting booth today? 11% in the CNN poll on abortion. And what did Joe Biden and Kamala Harris do today? They made a, a, an appearance together talking about what? Abortion. Of course, it's not called abortion. It's called women's health care. And of course, Kamala with the same crap, which Democrats have to cap. I mean, Republicans have to capitalize on. She says it a million times, and she's going to say it because now she's the abortion-in-chief person. That's all she's going to talk about now um, from now until the election is abortion. What right does the government have to tell a woman what to do with her body? That is as radical and, and, and out of touch with America as you could possibly be on the left side with abortion. Instead of saying yes. There need to be restrictions. Yes, the government must intervene. You cannot have abortion up to birth. You cannot have that. Nope, 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 nope. Now she'll tell you. They'll all tell you. Everyone who says the government has no right to tell a woman what to do with her body will also say, oh, I'm not, I'm not for abortion on demand. 
Oh, no, I never said that. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. And they'll tell you, do you know that less than 1% of all the abortions in this country are, are late, are, you know, late term in, in the third trimester or whatever? It's, that doesn't sound like a lot, does it? These are the same people who want to take your guns away because of school shootings and, the, and, and kids who die from guns every year. Again, the most recent stats, and I did this a while ago, off the top of my head, less than 3,000 kids are killed with guns every year in this country. I'm, that's a lot. But based on the number of abortions in this country per year, 1% is 9,000. So while they poo-poo the 9,000 by saying, ah, it's less than 1% of abortions, that's 9,000. They'll take your guns away for less than 3,000. You get it? That's how they work. Where are the Republicans pointing out and saying exactly what I just said to you? Going to the Gallup poll, telling everybody to go home and Google the Gallup poll or bring the results with you and hold it up on a card. How many people in this country favor abortion on demand with no limitations? I think it's gone up over the years, but consistently it's been around 30. Now it's about 34, 35%. That's a minority. It's a radical leftist minority, and it's who the Democrats are. But you got to tell the public this. You got to point this out. And uh, they don't do a good job of, of that. So, okay, so that's where we are. Um, you know, Donald Trump is uh, <laughs> Donald Trump is going to um, get a win. He's declared he's been declared the winner. You know, the, the, as as far as whatever that's worth. But of course, that that's the case. Let me just give you the latest now, uh, percentage wise. Thir- almost thirty five percent, thirty four point eight six. So thirty five percent of the vote in New Hampshire is in Donald Trump with um, fifty three to Nikki Haley's 45. So it's it's an eight, you know, eight point lead. It's going to be between eight and 10 or seven and 11 or something like that. Again, not a landslide, not a landslide, but Nikki Haley's not going to win South Carolina. Even before tonight, she was never going to win South Carolina, her own home state. In fact, she's going to be embarrassed in her own home state of South Carolina. So why would she do that? Why would she Put a damper on her future chances. You know, it, it, she'll always be remembered. Oh, she lost Iowa. She lost New Hampshire. And then she went home to home and lost there. You know, doesn't look good next time you run. So why not sit down with Donald Trump, cut a deal of some sort? The problem is he's not afraid of her. He doesn't, he doesn't need her to drop out to get the nomination. But he may need her to be on the ticket to win the presidency. And he may not, he's not going to say it that way ever. And he may not even believe it because he's Donald Trump. And if some, uh, and if an advisor tells him that he may throw them the hell out of the room, you know, unfortunately, but when you look at the people they're talking about, again, we went over a little, a few of them yesterday, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor of Arkansas. No, 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 no. Um, you know, uh, the Tim Scott, Great guy. I, I just, there's no, the gravitas isn't there. Yes, he's a black man and that helps and that's great and it checks a box, but no, she's a woman. She's a minority. She's got experience. 
And she she still says she would support Trump. She still says, you know, she still watches what she says about him. I think it could be. I think it could be. I'm starting to sound like Kamala Harris. Uh, what is it? Um, uncumbered. Un- uh, unencumbered by what was. We look to what could be. <laughs> Oh, Kamala. Oh, I just saw, I forget, I don't know the state and I don't know the company, but this massive spending on electric school buses in one particular state, company went bankrupt. Folks, these electric cars, electric vehicles, electric school buses, this plan to to revolutionize us all and and, and to save the planet and whatever, and it ain't going to happen. We don't have the batteries that they're not safe in many instances. Apparently, you, you don't have the, the, the what you need to make the batteries. We don't have the grid to, to carry the chargers. We, we don't have uh, we don't have the charging stations. I mean, we don't have anything. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy, crazy stuff. OK, let me get to. Um, let me get to a few uh, a few cuts. And, 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 you know, there was a there was a real, real insane um, uh, cut that I'm trying to think if that was for today. OK, uh, uh, let, let me start with uh, just a little reaction to to um, this is from um, uh, yesterday and this is uh, from. Um, Oh, no, this was this was this morning on Fox and Friends. Nikki Haley. Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, Fox and Friends, Nikki Haley. It was a little confrontational with Brian Kilmeade uh, kind of making it sound like she lost. She has no no reason to stay in. You know, the race is over. It was a, a, as confrontational as it could get on Fox with a Republican, I think. Uh, here is cut 298. The facts are that Donald Trump beat you by 30 points in Iowa. Now in New Hampshire, the facts are that you were down in the polls. These are the polls. We know polls can be wrong. If you don't win today, do you go on to South Carolina? And I'm from South Carolina, and we love you there. We love Tim Scott there, but Donald Trump is also loved there. You don't want to go into your state and lose that state if you stay in the race, because we'd love to see you in some other capacity down the road. What is your response to that? Do you get out if you lose today? No, I don't get out if I lose today. I mean, first of all, again, I'm going to say this. We've had 56,000 people vote for Donald Trump, and you're going to say that's what the country wants. That's not what the country wants. We're going to have New Hampshire vote today. They deserve to have the power of their voice said. Right now, you're down double digits in probably the last three major polls. And in South Carolina, I think you're down 40 or 50 points. Um, so w- you think those polls are that dramatically wrong and you can make up that difference? Well, in I'm not down 40 or 50 points in South Carolina. <laughs> they were they were they were badgering her a little bit. Um, let's let's shift over to Morning Joe, uh, where they still can't get over the fact that Ron DeSantis left the race. They still have to take their cheap shots um, at, at Ron DeSantis. Uh, here's cut 288. It seems to me that um, you, you, you have a choice. You have to pick a line. And Donald Trump had the MAGA line, had the extreme MAGA line. And so here you had Fat Elvis, 77, and you had saying, I'm going to go to Vegas. All that line, right? Why? Like, if you can't, if, if, if that lane's already filled, 
Beatles. If you can't do the Beatles, do Dylan. If you can't do the Dylan, do, be fifth, fifth Dimension. Be anybody, but don't try to be Fat Elvis. They got that on the strip. A lot of it. They got a lot of it, <laughs> right? And you're never going to get people. So much. Oh, so much. You hear little Mika get her little words in? They got a lot of it. So much. <laughs> it's so pathetic. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, so uh, so Trump is fat Elvis, and 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 I guess DeSantis is little Elvis. Stop trying to be, you know, Elvis. They already got an Elvis. It's just that these people, they're so full of hate. So full. And this, don't forget, Scarborough's a conservative. Yes, big conservative. Uh, here's cut 289. If somebody has followed Elvis since 57, they're not going to drive to Vegas in 77 and say, hey, I'm going to go see the fat Elvis imitator. No, they're going to see Elvis and they're going to get the sweaty, fat guy with, the, you know, pulling, pulling off of it, you know, throwing his scarves into the crowd. And people think like I'm joking. No, this is a perfect Perfect analogy, because who oh, in the hell is going to go see a knockoff Donald Trump 2024? <laughs> uh, but Joe wasn't the only one uh, giving his take on DeSantis dropping out. This is yesterday on The View. Uh, Anna Navarro, who apparently lives in Florida, another Republican. She's a Republican. She's what passes for a Republican on The View and on CNN. She's a rhino. Disgusting. Here is cut 286. Well, first of all, let me just say um, uh, my initial reaction to Ron DeSantis dropping out was, <laughs> right? But then I calmed down. Look, um, yes, he was doomed from the start. He was the most overblown candidate I've ever seen in my lifetime. He, um, you know, he won in Florida by 20 points, but he won because he really used every weapon of the incumbency to give himself a, a, an advantage. He suppressed the black vote. He changed voting laws. And he was running against an opportunistic has-been, Charlie Crist, who is the worst Democrat nominee in my lifetime in Florida. So yes, I mean, my, my dog could have beaten Charlie Chris. Well, Chacha's pretty great. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't put Chacha down. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon after the dog competition. You're not a, Take Chacha's name out of your mouth. <laughs> so Ron DeSantis, he suppressed the black vote. They're, they're, they just, they'll say anything. They will say anything. He won uh, parts of Florida that Democrat that that Democrats had uh, had always carried. He slaughtered Charlie Chris, his his uh, his his opponent. He he won in record numbers. He won with Latinos. He and and she's she's oh, oh and he, imagine he capitalized on being an incumbent. <gasps> Really? He capitalized on the fact that he, he was an incumbent, that he already served time as governor? How dare he? What does that mean? She makes it sound evil. And I'd love to hear the example from Rhino Navarro. That's a good name for her, actually. Rhino Navarro. Uh, Rhino is, for those who don't know, Republican in name only. Uh, Rhino Navarro 
how he suppressed the black vote. I really would love to hear how he suppressed the black vote. I don't even know. I mean, I'm, I'm getting what do you do? Make them show ID like every other person in the world. <gasps> you know, I mean, not just them. But if you if you have voter ID in your state, they say it's targeted at black people, even though everybody has to show it because black people can't get ID or they don't have it. And that is such a racist bunch of garbage. Blacks say it. Blacks say we have ID. We want to show ID when we vote. Polls have shown. They're just so racist. Anyway, okay, so that's uh, <laughs> that's that. Um, and, and it just, you know, it gets worse and worse. Now here on a possible Trump VP pick, here's 287. He may pick somebody we've never heard of. If we he has a know. sense of humor, he'll pick Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> yeah. That'll keep comedians in business for four years. For four years. He, he is running to stay out of jail, so he actually wants to win. So I think he's going to choose either a woman or a black man because he knows he needs women who are turned off by what abortion. Tim Scott? Tim Scott is on the short list. I don't so think his base likes black people that much. <laughs> he is making inroads with black men is, I think, why he would consider. I think the favorite is actually Sarah Huckabee Sanders, governor of Arkansas. Oh, he, man. he sees her as staff, but he's also seen her introduce huge crowds and gin up an audience. Elise Stefanik is being considered based on what I've heard. Her problem is going to be the same as Nikki Haley. She was a Paul Ryan protege. She right. worked in the Bush White House until she completely reversed the entire human Only being reversed. she was. Yeah. So too moderate. To become, yeah. Too moderate. Um, yeah, I think there'd be some issues there. But I'll say this. If Nikki Haley agreed to be his vice president, I would take back my support of hers immediately. I would not support that ticket. <laughs> so if Nikki Haley agreed to be Donald Trump's vice president, she would turn her, her support, she would flip, she would go from supporting Nikki Haley as for president and her policies, which are the antithesis in so many categories compared to Biden. And she would all of a sudden, now she's not saying she'd back Biden, but she'd be giving Biden the, the, the uh, nomination. She'd rather have Biden than, than Trump and Haley but she would have Haley without Trump. It just makes no sense. Of course, she worked for Trump and she hates him. And I'm sure the feeling is, is very, 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 very mutual uh, at this point. Uh, okay, so the latest, you want the latest? I wish I, like I had a drum roll. Brrr, not much of a difference. Not much more of the vote is in. Oh, we're up to 40, uh, almost 41% of the vote in, in New Hampshire. And Trump is delivering his, um, his um, I guess his uh, victory speech and here is uh, the it's 53 percent to 45 percent almost 46 so it's uh seven eight percent you know which is what we uh we were when we came here and that's what it's going to be haley again spoke she's not dropping out she's staying in but it's a long way to south carolina she said they already i'm not dropping out we already bought ads you know we made ad buys in, in south carolina well you know sometimes it pays to cut your losses before you make more ad buys in south carolina we'll see we'll see it'll be very nice i would be very happy i'm I, a, lot, a lot of people won't like this trump supporters but i'd be very happy if like in the next week or two they say hey haley's drops out she's my vp and they run as a ticket because the Biden administration, the Democrats, fear Nikki Haley a lot, a lot. Every poll, if she went head to head with Biden, she creams him. 
Trump wins within the margin of error. She creams Biden. So if she's on the ticket, it's really, really, really bad news for the Democrats, even if they change tickets, which I think they might, and go with Michelle or, or Gavin Newsom, it still would, 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 would enhance the ticket uh, in the appeal to independents and to you know, people who are on the, on the fence about Trump. I, I really believe that. Okay, we're going to come back, take a break, come back. I'm Steve Malzberg. It's New Hampshire primary night right here on TNT. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. I'm CAL FIRE Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez. And normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. Listen, we got to talk. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. I cannot tell you how excited I am to introduce uh, my next guest. It's the first time that she's been with us uh, on TNT. Uh, she and I go way back to uh, Newsmax days. And uh, it's, it, it's funny. Uh, the first uh, Newsmax show was uh, the day after the Super Bowl. That, the first show on Newsmax TV, period. I was the host, and it was, uh, it was uh, the day after the Super Bowl, 2013. And sometime during that, yeah, and Donald Trump was the first guest. And sometime later in the year, uh, Kristen B. And Dustin became a regular, and I'm so happy to have her back. Uh, she is a columnist at The Messenger and a contributor for Sky News. She's an author, and her latest book is The uh, Culture of the uh, uh, Liberal in- uh, in- Invasion of uh, Red State America. And did I get that right? 
Oh, no, the no, the, the, the liberal invasion of Red State. Of Red State. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, 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 sorry about that. No culture. Uh, and Kristen Tate, how are you? Steve, it is so great to be back with you. I'm doing well, but I have definitely missed chatting with you on air. So I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, well, let's get to it. And, and you, you are in New Hampshire. Um, yes. So what... What are your feelings? I mean, right now, about 40% of the vote is in, and it's about an eight, seven and a half, eight point lead. Let's say it stays that way. Um, uh, you know, and, and Nikki Haley's already given her speech. Trump's doing it now. Haley mm -hmm. said, you know, I'm not dropping out onto South Carolina, my home, where she's apparently going to get trounced. Um, so what, what do you think happens, and what kind of night was this for Haley and for Trump? Look, I mean, the primary is effectively over at this at this point. Trump is and will be the GOP nominee. Um, New Hampshire is kind of an interesting state. I grew up here and lived most of my life here. Uh, New Hampshire tends to buck political trends. Um, and, you know, I have to admit, Steve, driving around the central part of New Hampshire, I'm from Hanover, right in the center of the state. I've seen a lot of Nikki Haley signs, but there are different factors at work here, uh, one of which is that we are an open primary state, which means that Democrats, Republicans, independents, whoever can vote for whichever candidate they want. And we actually have more registered independents than Democrats or Republicans. So what I suspect happened, happened here, the reason Nikki Haley did better in New Hampshire than she did in Iowa, is that a lot of Democrats showed up to vote for her partially just because they hate Trump and they want to just spite him, but also because Joe Biden's actually not on the ballot, believe it or not, here in New Hampshire, because the Democrats right. tried to, uh, you know, make the first the state, switch. Uh, South Carolina, exactly. But New Hampshire is controlled by a Republican legislature and they said no way. So now he's not on the ballot and a bunch of Democrats voted for Haley. But look, it's over. Trump is the nominee. I'm not that surprised. Okay, so so what is the future for Haley? Now, I am not a great fan of Nikki Haley, and 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 I I, I agree with you. Trump's the nominee, and she's going to get creamed in South Carolina, which is not going to be a good look for her for the rest of her political career if she has you know Iowa, New Hampshire, and then gets smacked in her own home state, as she just put it. She's going home, uh, but it's not going to be friendly to her. So, does she drop out? Is there a possibility? As much as they differ. They've, she's still been on the civil side. Yes, she's questioned his uh, his uh, mental competency a little bit, but she's always, always refrained from, you know, clobbering Trump in a Christie-like manner. Is there a possibility that based on the fact that she can appeal to independence, can appeal to some women, um, can appeal to some people that Trump might need uh, in a head-to-head -head with Joe Biden or with Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama, for that matter, is there a, a, a chance that they have a powwow in the, before South Carolina's primary and reach an agreement and either make it public now or later, but the, the outcome being that she will be the vice presidential candidate on Donald Trump's ticket? I mean, of course, that's a possibility. I don't think it's particularly likely. Um, I see Trump choosing somebody more in line with him ideologically. I think this uh, election coming up will be more about getting out the base than appealing to moderates. There are not a lot of moderates left, right? Uh, you know, I think this will be all about turning out the base. I see him picking someone more like J.D. Vance, right? Someone who can get people from a swing state like that, who does share Trump's ideolo ideology. But look, that's that's not 
baked in. We can't take that for granted. Of course he could choose Nikki Haley. I think it would upset some of his supporters, but do I think those supporters will be upset enough that they would then go vote for Biden or not vote at all? Of course not. So yeah, I think it's a possibility. I don't think it's particularly likely. What I suspect Nikki Haley is doing is she's staying in the race for one of two. She she kind of sees two options here. One is that Trump becomes a nominee and then he eventually loses to Biden and then she can run in four years from now again and say, hey, look, you should have voted for me last time. You can vote for me now. Or she's sitting around waiting because there is a chance, Steve, that the leftists who are trying to subvert our system of justice will find a way to, God forbid, throw Trump in jail or somehow make him ineligible to be president and she'll be the last person standing. So I think she's kind of just sitting there waiting for one of those two things to happen, essentially. And of course, while she sits and waits, she's got to spend a whole lot of money. So I don't think uh, I don't think it's uh, it's open ended. I think there's going to be a, a limitation. So do, do you think things being as they are now, she actually goes through with South Carolina or, or somehow gets out before then? You know, I think she will probably stay in. Um, <laughs> But, you know, anything could happen at this point. She would certainly look a lot better stepping down now. But she has so much money and all of the establishment bigwigs are behind her at this point. So, you know, she might end up sticking it out, which I, I suspect she will. OK, if you if you could tell Donald Trump who to pick, who would you like to see in there? Uh, aside from the Haley uh, scenario, and why I think she would be good. Um, I like J.D. Vance. Um, I, I know he's a, he's a white male, and I know, unfortunately, that that matters uh, sometimes these days. I don't think Sarah Huckabee Sanders is ready. I don't think there's gravitas there. Uh, I think that she'd be uh, she would pull the ticket down. I mean, I, just, I don't think I don't think she would add to the ticket. Let's put it that way. Who would you like to, to see on that ticket? So I have to disagree a little bit. I don't think it matters if he chooses a white male. Republicans don't care about that kind of stuff. That's the kind of thing Democrats claim they care about. But honestly, even Democrats don't really care about that. Trump needs to pick the best person who brings the most to the table. J.D. Vance would help him with Ohio. Uh, he would be, uh, you know, another big personality, smart, has experience. Another great one would be Ben Carson. Ben Carson has been a staunch and quiet supporter of Trump's for a long time. He's been very loyal. Of course, the guy is brilliant. And, um, you know, he, he brings a, a different kind of experience as well. He's worked as a doctor and uh, he hasn't just been this political swamp creature. His he's a, he's a brain surgeon. Uh, Kristen, exactly. he's actually a brain, he's a brain surgeon. surgeon. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he'd be a great pick. <laughs> of course, Steve, if I could wave my magic wand, I'd pick someone like Tucker Carlson, who's also being bandied about as a possibility. But I don't see that happening because he doesn't really bring anything new to the table for Trump. It's just two big personalities who kind of, uh, appeal to the same voter block. So I think right. it'd be J.D. Vance or Ben Carson. We're talking to Kristen B. Tate, a columnist at The Messenger, a Sky News contributor and author of uh, The Liberal Invasion of Red State America here on the Steve Malzberg Show. All right, so today, uh, together, up on the stage, oh, God help us, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. First, let me ask you, um, do you think that when push comes to shove and we're in November, it's going to be Biden and Harris on the ticket? 
You know, I have said for quite some time now, I don't think it will be Joe Biden. And here's the thing, Steve, he can't drop out now because if he were to say he's not running, it would throw the entire process into chaos. The best thing for Joe Biden to do if he's to step out is to wait until truly like right before the election the convention and, and oh. the convention rather. Yes. And, yeah. and, and say essentially, you know, I'm I, I'm just stepping aside to be with my family. I feel this is the right thing to do. You know, I have some health concerns. And at least then he would appear gracious and people would kind of look fondly back on Joe Biden if things go his way and that's how it played out. And then, you know, he could basically crown the next person. Who that person is, I have no idea. It's not going to be Kamala Harris. She's a complete dud. She was a complete dud in the Democrat primary. I mean, she didn't even make it to California. She bombed with black voters and black women. So people say Gavin Newsom, that's a possibility. Gretchen Whitmer, maybe even Michelle Obama. But that's the big question. Who would replace Biden? I don't know. Yeah. And I've said, I've been saying I've been saying since uh, the interview that Barack Obama gave uh, to Stephen Colbert uh, late November of 2020 after Biden won and Colbert asked him, hey, what would a third Obama term look like? I know you can't have one, but what would it look like? He said, oh, I picture myself in a basement somewhere with a microphone and the person in the Oval Office has an earpiece. And that's ex- to me, not literally, but that's exactly what has been happening. Uh, but Obama calls yeah. the shots, I believe. Biden doesn't know what he's doing. So Michelle, I think, is a possibility. It's going to be really interesting. But let me ask you about the abortion issue. Um, you know, to, I know it, it, on the exit polls, uh, where did abortion rank uh, on the list? Uh, 11% were most concerned about that on the CNN poll. Uh, 5% were most concerned about it in the Fox exit poll uh, behind the economy, immigration and foreign policy in both polls. So it's not like it's overwhelming right now, but they're going to try. She's going to go around the country every day now and talk nonstop. But but Kristen, when 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 she says that she does over and over the government has no right to tell a woman what to do with her body, that means You could have an abortion whenever the hell you want, right up until birth. The government has no say, no right. And that's not where America is. Can't the Republicans focus on that, expose her and 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 work a a way around it and say she represents a radical few? We could work together to put, you know, limitations that make sense, uh, but not no government intervention at all. Can't the Republicans make this a winning issue? They must, Steve, because the whole uh, strategy of simply avoiding this topic that Republicans have been pursuing fails. Right. You cede the, the narrative to the Democrats when you do that. Here's the thing. And I have a lot of friends. You know, I'm from the East Coast. I have a lot of friends who are pro-choice. But when you actually start talking about abortion and what goes into an abortion, like, what does that mean? What does an abortion look like? You know, when you actually get into the details of what abortion entails, People are shocked and they're horrified. But the, the thing is, if, if you just don't talk about it and you allow the left to traffic in these euphemisms, you you kind of just let them control the whole narrative. And people have no idea what abortion actually entails and that it is a human life, that you're that you are snuffing out actual human life. And so what needs to happen is Republicans need to aggressively tackle this issue and and reach out to women, especially so they're educated on this topic and understand what abortion is all about. Because I'm telling you, when people learn the facts about this issue, they may not become the most pro-life people ever, but they at least say, okay, you know what? This is ridiculous. This whole late term abortion thing. There need to be some restrictions on this. So so, yeah, Republicans can't they can't shy away from this. 
And they did, right, some restrictions, so, some restrictions, as opposed to what, what, what the left says, like Kamala, no business telling a woman what to do, which means no restrictions. Exactly. And that's so easy to, to get back at. But they, they're, they're so, Kristen, they're so bad, the Republicans, in so many areas. And, and I cowards. don't know what it is. They're cowards. They, they're cowards. Some of them, you know, uh, what, one congressman most recently talked about how people are blackmailed in Washington. I don't know the answer. I don't know the reason. But they stink at it very, very often. Tell the folks um, how they could, you know, read your stuff at, uh, at The Messenger and watch you on Sky News and get your book and the whole thing. Yeah, sure. My latest book is called The Liberal Invasion of Red State America. So I talk about domestic migration from the coasts down to red states like Texas and Florida and how that's impacting the political ground game in those states, as well as how it's impacting the, the coastal places from where they're coming. So that's, that's a book that's very, very pertinent today. You can read my column every week over at The Messenger. I write a lot about uh, AI, digital currencies, fiscal policy. And um, yeah, I mean, for my for your listeners who might be in the UK, I'm on Sky News every week as well. So there you uh, go. Thanks, oh, yeah, we, thanks yeah. for having me, Steve. Yeah, no, Kristen, I, I hope you'll come back. Uh, uh, say hello to your, your dad. And, uh, and, and it's such a <laughs> such a I feel so good talking to you and and God bless and we'll speak soon. Likewise. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. Kristen B. Tate, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here on the Steve Molesberg show. Ah, very interesting. And uh, I can't wait. I just can't wait to, to see um, to see what happens with Haley. She's right. She, I mean, she isn't wrong at all that if he picks Haley, it'll alienate a lot of people, a lot of strong Trump supporters, but not to the point where they'll sit home or or, or vote for Biden, you know, uh, so. I, I don't know. They have to weigh that. They have to weigh that. And J.D. Vance, I'm telling you, J.D. Vance, he is something. He is a powerful speaker. He knows his stuff inside out. He, he's like Trump uh, in his beliefs without the, without the, you know, the nonsense, okay? And he doesn't take nonsense either. When he's on CNN or whatever and they try to push a narrative and all, he'll fight back with the interviewer. Not in an obnoxious way, but he'll set them straight. We've played some of those confrontations, um, you know, on this show. So we'll see. We will have to wait and see. Let me give you. A, let me try to get an update. Uh, da da da. Okay, we are at. We are at forty-five percent, and uh, it's fifty-three percent for Trump, forty-five for Haley. It's really not changing. It's an eight-point lead, and maybe that's where it'll stay. But we still have less than half the vote. Whatever. Uh, we'll keep you updated. We'll give you one more before we leave the airwaves. All right. We have one final segment left in the hour right here. Steve Malsberg on TNT. Here's a bushfire fact. Bushfires can occur without warning. So if you're traveling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. One, check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. 2. Think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighbourhood safer place. 3. It's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, Park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire, and turn the engine off. 
Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today. Even the mighty might not see it coming. It's pre-diabetes, and it captures one in three adults. But you can escape. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test to know where you stand and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. Be your own hero on smartphones everywhere at doihaveprediabetes.org. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Ah, welcome back, folks. It's uh, always fun uh, uh, reuniting with uh, an, an old friend uh, on the, on the air, in person, but on the air as well. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's get uh, to something that I really want you to to hear. This is um, the one and only Bill Maher on Real Time on HBO. It was from last uh, last Friday, which is his show is on Friday nights, of course. And uh, I want you to hear um, what he's talking about here. It's uh, he's talking about how insane the world is. Okay, how insane everything is. Now, that's a theme of this show too, isn't? Is it not? Uh, so let's uh, let's go to cut uh, two sixty five. Does anybody even know who to root for anymore? A store manager at Lululemon tried to stop some shoplifters last year, and the CEO fired her. Fired the person trying to stop robbers from robbing his store. That's crazy. But this is crazy, too. If you rob a store, you can fully expect to be shot as you are leaving that store. <laughs> shot! <laughs> really? We can't come to some sort of middle ground on this? <laughs> on any issue? Socially liberal, but not stupid, woke, fiscally sane, but not cruel. Is this really that hard? Yeah, apparently it, uh, apparently it is that hard. Now, you know that Trump didn't mean that. You can't shoot somebody in the back uh, as they're leaving a store. Uh, but you certainly shouldn't be firing an employee for trying to do the right thing and, and take down the, you know, stop the person from leaving with stolen goods. I mean, I know that could be your company policy, but if someone has an urge or says, I can't, you know, oh, this, this is why I work here. They're taking the, and they go to stuff and you fire the employee. Really? Maybe it's all about legal liability and they don't want to be liable for someone, an employee who gets hurt trying to do it. Then the employee will sue. I don't know, but it is lunacy. Is it not on its face? There's more uh, cut two sixty six. Trans people should be respected and protected, but no penises in women's prisons, maybe? Legalize pot, but maybe stop giving drugs to hard drug addicts? Nikki Haley says America's never been racist, and social justice warriors say there's been no progress since Amos and Andy. <laughs> A terrorist organization in the Middle East that treats women like slaves invaded Israel last October and shot hundreds of young people at a music festival in the desert. And now America's streets are full of parades in support of the shooters, led by the exact kind of people who would be at a music festival in the desert. 
That's the literal standard for involuntary commitment, when you're a danger to yourself. I mean... Yeah, well, of course, uh, Bill Maher is making a big mistake because, of course, he doesn't, he, he, what he should have said was uh, Israel shot those people uh, to make it look like Hamas did it, right? Of course, he left that out. Okay, um, let us go to cut to 66. The NRA are bad, but after a school shooting, they don't march against schools. Thank you, one guy. <laughs> The, <laughs> the far left's new crush is the Houthis. Up until a week ago, everyone on TikTok thought a Houthi was what you get when someone hits your elbow. Ow! You gave me a Houthi. Damn. And the Houthi's slogan is, God is great, death to the U.S., death to Israel, curse the Jews, and victory for Islam. Like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> So naturally, when the college kids heard that slogan, they said, please stop, you had me a death to the U.S. <laughs> Insane. Insane that we're cheering for the terrorists now. It's also insane to think that this oh, would ever come out well. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, it just shows how crazy the world is. It really does. It really does. Now, on on the um, on what he was talking about, as far as the Houthis and uh, you know cheering for and supporting terrorists and all that, uh, let me um, let me give you um, let me give you a um, a poll. A poll. This is a, a Harvard Caps Harris poll, and it's out uh, ta -ta -ta today. And it says, the poll shows the vast majority of Americans still support Israel over Hamas. Um, the poll found 80% of respondents said they support Israel over Hamas in the current war. Only 20% support Hamas over Israel. The majority of every subgroup polled supports Israel more than Hamas, including those aged 18 to 24, where the split was 57 uh, for Israel, 43 for Hamas. At the same time, 57% of young people said they believe Israel's committing genocide. 63% supported an unconditional ceasefire. And I'm trying to see if they um, have anything. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so I mean, the 80% figure is uh, is encouraging. You would think it would be like 95%, but you know, we are flooded with leftist lunatics and we've been through that. We've seen the college campuses and elsewhere, but 80% is, is, is fairly solid support um, over Hamas, a terrorist group. So I just wanted to uh, catch you up on that. Now, more craziness, more insanity and disrespect. Listen to this guy. This is Congressman Dan uh, Goldman. He's a Democrat from New York. Um, this is at a congressional hearing uh, about uh, the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, the, the thinking of impeaching him, the Republicans are. So one of the witnesses is a mother who lost her daughter to fentanyl, to fentanyl, which comes over the border from Mexico and is killing, killing people every day in this country. And this poor mother just got finished 
testifying and, and, and talking about her daughter and listen to Dan Goldman cut 290. I just want to express uh, my sincere condolences. I was a federal prosecutor for 10 years who charged people for gang-related and drug trafficking crimes. Um, unfortunately, this is not the first time I've had to interact with families of victims, and my heart goes out to you. And I, I just want, I want to apologize in some ways to you that you are here um, really to share your story, but you're being used in, as a fact witness for an impeachment um, investigation, and obviously, given you know what your experience has been, you don't have the background um, to understand what a high crime misdemeanor is and how it relates to this. And so, I, I hope that um, you're you're handling that okay. So this congressman is telling this mother oh, i'm so sorry about your daughter i used to be this i used to be that i'm so sorry you have my deepest sympathies but you know you're being used and you know you don't have the qualifications to weigh in on on uh, on, on any kind of impeachment or anything like that how dare he she's being used don't you think the mother blames the openness at the border don't you think the mother has heard my testify that the border is secure multiple times in the past when of course any fool even dan goldman could see the border is not secure so she might not be an expert witness she's a mother who has suffered the most devastating consequence of having that border open. The loss of, of her child, whether it was from fentanyl or, or an attack by an illegal who raped and murdered, it happens. They got parents that have suffered both, that have, that have come to before Congress, and you're telling them they're being used by Republicans? They're not expert enough to know if Mallorca should be impeached? Go to hell! That's what I would, if I was sitting there and I was that mother, I, you know, I've seen her. I've seen her interview after this happened. She was angry. And maybe she couldn't say it. Maybe she shouldn't have said it. Maybe it's just something I'd get in trouble if I said, if I were in her shoes. But I would say, excuse me, Congman, go to hell. Nobody's using me. Nobody's using me. You, your party, your Homeland Security director, your president, your vice president, you have failed America. And as a result, my daughter is dead. Screw you. I'm being used. What kind, what kind of crap is that? Hey, you know, it's acceptable. It's and if a Republican had said that to them in a Democrat, you know, to a, a Democrat mother who had a gripe, a grievance involved the loss of a child and the Democrat, the Republican congressperson said, you're being used by the Democrats, you're not qualified to be here. What do you think? You think that would be like all over the place? But our media, our fake media, <laughs> ain't going to happen. Folks, Donald Trump wins. Onward we go. Steve Malsberg, tell your friends, tell your enemies, we'll do it again, God willing, tomorrow night, same time, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT.